Canadian Tea Season 4, Episode 2. Um, this is our chat with Matt, the one and only. Um, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, thank, yeah. you. No, thank you for having me. This is cool. Uh, so do you want to do a little intro for those of you um, who don't know? Sure. Hi, my, my name is Matt Lean. I, I'm a musician. I'm a podcast host. I, I do a bunch of different stuff because I like to keep myself busy and run away from the dark thoughts in my head. Yeah. was that was that yeah. was that what you were hoping for or that's should i do great. it again? no no i love that <laughs> um that's a complete you know vibe we like a lot of artsy stuff too so it's Definitely. great um so oh sorry christy no go. go ahead no no I no i was just gonna say let's get into the questions let's for get sure. to know you more <laughs> so what got you started in music and how did you start playing and singing guitar so, well, singing and playing guitar, but you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so with the music stuff specifically, I, I picked up music when I was like 10 and then just started like progressively learning. And then I wrote my like first song when I was 13. Thank God there's no recording of that because I don't want to hear it. But it's uh, music's been something that's been consistent in my life uh, starting from 10 onwards. And singing, the singing kind of came by accident because. What ended up happening was I was running this extracurricular club, kind of like a school band, but like not orchestra music, basically like just rock songs or whatever we felt like playing. And the singer we were supposed to have for our first thing kind of backed out at very last minute and the day before. So I'm like, all right, let, I know the song. Let me let me try and see if I can make it sound decent enough. And, and I and we did the one run through and everyone's like, why didn't you tell us you could sing? I'm like, because I didn't know I could sing until three seconds after we finished the song. And and it kind of just went from there and it got progressively more rampant. And then I was in a metal band in high school. That was fun. Then after that, I did a solo thing. I uh, got signed to an indie label in Toronto, put a record out. I They wanted me to come back and do a full length, but I, I was kind of in a weird place at that point because my mother passed away like less, like a year or like less than a year prior to that happening. And I just kind of wanted to, figure out some of my own shit and and then i ended up getting more involved with the business side of the music industry and then i only just got back into doing the solo stuff literally this past year just because I, I miss doing it i miss playing shows so that's kind of the whole summary of that you know, as short as i can make it that's really cool though for sure you said you were in a metal band mm-hmm. that's super cool so uh, yeah I, I was a front man of a metal band called earthbound yes named after the video game for any video game nerds out there <laughs> um yeah it was like hard rock metal fusion kind of stuff it was a combination of clean and screaming vocals it, it was a fun time and I, i'd never do it again though because i get exhausted just thinking about it now as opposed to what i do now <laughs> yeah it's i mean that genre is just very hard on like a voice for sure it wasn't even the voice that I was worried about because I, I was doing it in a way where I was preserving my voice while strengthening it because I was doing a lot of practice stuff like that. Okay. It was mainly the physical exhaustion because 
I was the kind of guy that would jump off the stage and start the pits myself. Uh-huh. And a lot okay. of the time that involved going home with some sort of injury, whether it be sure. I pulled my back, I t- twisted my ankle, like it, 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 oh, it got progressively worse Been and worse over time. At my fair share of metal shows as well, I've had like, people are just like, I don't know, something else there. Like, I feel like people just have like a switch and then they're just like, yeah, I'm ready to like kill people. You know what it honestly is? And and I've thought about this for a while from working on the industry side of things and seeing the psychology of how people respond to certain genres of music and with metal and metal shows, it's an opportunity for that release of just stress, anxiety, whatever it is, just to get out there and shove the crap out of each other or push whatever it is and then the best part is because everyone's there for the same reason they're going to pick you up if you fall down so it's a nice community thing as well for sure so yeah you've done your you know multi-genre kind of thing but you just you had your um ep that released and it's more like i would say indie acoustic i kind of got like a early 2000s like death cab for cutie secondhand serenade jack's mannequin kind of vibe um so are you influenced by that era at all or like so with with the record that just came out recently kind of the launch to this new solo thing i'm doing called songs i play in the dark it, right. i wanted to make a record that to be honest with you i just kind of i just needed something to put something out because at that moment I felt like I had a lot to say and I didn't know how to say it until I wrote those songs. And then I'm like, a a few people told me not to put the record out because it was a little too raw for, (laughs) for some people in terms of the content. But in terms of influences, I definitely was influenced by the early 2000s kind of vibe because that's kind of where I live now musically. Cause that's stuff I usually listen to on my off. I listen to everything, but like I always go back to that stuff because I'm drawn to authenticity. I'm drawn to people just bearing their soul through a musical medium. But then also, like, I, I, I kind of jokingly refer to myself as, a, like, the shittier, sadder version of Dallas Green. Because, like, that, like, Dallas is one of, one of the best. I don't think that's true. But no, but but Dallas, Dallas's songwriting <laughs> has always been so metaphorical and poetic, but also very real to what he's been going through in his life, whether it be with when he's working with Alexis or whether he's doing City and Color stuff. And I, I just am drawn to authenticity in music, and I, I think music is such a powerful platform that people shouldn't be afraid to talk about what's really going on. Cause like I'm writing my debut LP right now. That's going to come out like spring of next year, if everything goes according to plan. And the, everyone thought that the three song EP was raw and like intense, but it's only going to get darker to be completely honest. That's amazing. It, I love it's going to gonna, that. it's gonna get more real because like the past few months especially have been such a roller coaster in my life, both for better and for worse. Like I lost a significant relationship in my life that I was with her for five and a half plus years and and she left. And then like, I got kicked out of my apartment building and then my car broke down and just like, mm, I had to move yeah. three hours away to a brand new city, like following all that because- Wait, where, my life Sorry, got- you were from Oshawa, no? Yeah, I was from Oshawa, okay. but I just I just moved to London. Funny enough, the day we're recording this, it was it's one month today that I just moved mm. 
to London. Oh, okay. And it's like, I, I went through such significant change in my life, but for, sure. it, for the record that the songs that I'm now writing, I have probably like, I, I'm trying to get a pool of like 30 to 40 songs and then I'm going to pick a selection, but I'm probably at about like 10 to 12. And just the way the songs are coming out right now, it's, it, 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 I don't, I don't think people are ready for what's to come. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it depends what you like. Like, I understand like not everyone, like you compared your style to like Dallas Green and like a lot of people don't necessarily like his stuff. They're like, oh, everything's like super doom and gloom. But like, I don't know, it, it's, it's sells oh, to a lot of people. And it's, but like you said, it's raw. It's, that's like a genre. It's love it or hate it. You know what I mean? It's, but, I think, why people are so cut and dry with this kind of stuff is because a selection of people uh, are willing to think about what reality is and whether that be focusing on just the happy aspects of things or focusing on what's happening in your life. For me, when I write and, and I talk about this a lot, it's music for me is a platform for me to express myself and do what I want to do as opposed to trying and, and, and I'm looking at my dad right now, he's eating his dinner at the table, but something him and I talked about is, and he talked about the music stuff because he wants to see me do well. And he goes, why don't you try and aim for that more commercial audience? And I explained to him, I go, the only way I can do this and want to do this is if I am expressing exactly what I'm feeling in, in that circumstance. And that's what the first EP has done. It's shown people escape of like my life over the past few years. And the last song on the record is like a more what's happening in my life in this current moment. But with the new record that's going to come out next year, it's he's just looking at me. My dad just like glaring at me. Um, but it's 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 just a law. And I think people don't want to. They, people use music as an escape from their realities and whether they listen to top 40 pop country rap whatever it is people use music to escape and not think about the negative things that are happening in their life but for me I use music as a medium to let out the demons and the negative things that I'm feeling because I just need that outlet and whether people vibe with it or not, I'm still going to do it because I, I'm doing this for me. And that sounds very selfish, I know. No, but, but that's like, our, like that's how it should be. And honestly, definitely. like there is, I think there's such a huge market for that though. Like whether, you know what I mean? Like top 40 is top 40 and that's great and all. But like, I don't know, like you're just your live, um, just like obviously um, videos and whatever. And like even your um tribute to machine gun kelly like that was super amazing like we loved that so much thank you it was it's yeah. fun to shoot those and what and, gave and you the I, idea for that so did you just love the album so much or it was it wasn't even that it was like i didn't love the entire album because i'm very okay. selective when it comes to music and like some of the songs i i get what they were trying to do and other songs like uh, you can hear travis's travis barker's driving force behind that record sure, yeah. and a lot of people were like, this is the record part of the song. A bunch of the songs seemed like songs Blink could have done and would have done them well. And with, with the thing with uh, Machine Gun Kelly, I, I wanted to keep putting out content 
but that EP was the only original content I planned to put out this year. And then I was going to save the rest of the, the next phase of the original stuff for next year, but, but I want to do something else. And something I always toyed with the idea of is kind of this musical retrospective thing where I was, I was planning on doing four different live specials, four different EPs showcasing different artists and different songs and different eras with the machine gun Kelly one. I, it was a flashback, but also a vision of where the genre is going. But for me, I, I kind of like to deconstruct music and try to work it out in a way where I can have fun with it performance wise, but still show respect to the creator of the music. And, and, and I want to actually, since you brought the machine, I kind of want to comment on this now. Uh, people may have noticed I kind of halted the promotion of that record. Uh, in light of all the negative things going on with MGK, I felt like it was very appropriate for me to back off uh, promoting right. the record. And it's nothing yeah. against him. I really dig the songs. I just don't dig the uh, things he sang and shitting on other artists. Because that's, yeah, that's, no. that's, that's, that's nasty. Why do that? We're all doing it because we like doing it. Why are you, why are you making a bunch of noise about people that have nothing to do with your career? Just focus on your shit and don't try to tear others down. Like I get he's trying to make headlines and keep himself relevant. But there's ways to do that without hurting or attacking others. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's show business. Like everyone gets wrapped up in it. And unfortunately. And it's like, all bullshit. It's all for bullshit. sure. No, but like for me, it's like if you have nothing nice to say, don't say, it, you know, but. Well, yes. Our, 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 I would say your parents are supposed to teach you that at a very young age. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whether or not you choose to. Uh, hold up that you can belief. have whatever opinion like like people say like oh I can't say anything like you know the Karens of the world I can't say anything in 2021 you can say whatever you want you can think whatever you want in your house you could do whatever the hell you want like just why why would you like attack someone I get that for sure and I agree with you and yeah it's and, and that's kind of the divisive road we're at right now it's I, I fully support freedom of expression, but mm -hmm. I, I support more than anything the freedom of expression when it's backed by facts and backed by actual concrete information because people that just make noise to make noise, I, I don't bother listening to them because you're they're saying nothing. And whether or not you have an understanding of circumstances, both good or bad, it's irrelevant to the fact. And you we all just... <sighs> My issue right now with everything going on is vast majority of these issues could be solved from just having a, having a conversation because something that I always say is at the end of the day, most issues can be resolved if you just sit the two main pro two main people down and have a conversation and you'll find middle ground. It's just we're losing in society, we're losing the element of conversation. We're losing the element of nuance. We're losing that element. And it, it's only going to get worse, I hate to say, but that's just the reality of it is because people don't want to communicate and don't want to listen. And Oh, for sure. With instant gratification and like, you know, people on their screens, it's like social skills, you know. And not what they used to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know, like it's, it is what it is unfortunately. Um, but yeah, not only are you, you know, a great, talented musician, singer, songwriter, um, you're also a podcaster. 
Yeah. The name, I, a lot of people ask, how did I come up with the name? I literally looked up a rhyming list and looked for words that rhymed in my name and I saw a chat and I'm like, perfect, we got it. Keep it simple, it's stupid. No, for sure, for sure. It works out. Got your name in there and Definitely. everything. Yeah, the podcast, it, it, I'm kind of on a weird hiatus right now because obviously the music stuff kind of took priority for the moment. For sure. I'm, I'm getting back into it very soon. I got some cool interviews lined up over the next couple months and you two are definitely coming on my, my no, show. For We're sure. sort definitely. That Super down for that. Um, but yeah, how did that kind of come to fruition? Like, yeah. And so I remember on March 15th of 2020, I got a call from my boss letting me know that I'm getting laid off because the business was closing due to COVID. And funny enough, the week before I was telling my boss, you know, we're probably shutting down like a week or two. And she was like, no, we're not. And a week later we got that call and I really had to say, so you can say I'm right. And she goes, yes, well, you're still laid off. I'm like, that's fair. So (laughs) it was, it was like the first few days I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of what it is. And then it just progressively got, more and more tense for me because I'm I'm someone that always needs to be doing something which is why like people see me wear multiple hats and do a bunch of different shit and it's like I needed something to a keep my name in the industry as much as I possibly can while everything's shut but be able to have a median just to have conversation about what is going on and like talk about not only the good but the negatives of the reality because I made it focus initially on music industry because that's my background and all of my friends are out of work and just want to talk about what they're going through and like let's actually open the door a little bit for the music industry because my biggest issue with the music industry is it's always been a very closed door policy and it's always been very hush hush with a lot of certain things but I, I think if we have the ability to have conversations and show the public a bit more of what goes behind, on behind the closed doors it'll give them a more of an appreciation for what the industry is and what artists actually have to go through on a day-to-day basis. But the podcast, literally two weeks after that phone call, I just said, I'm like, all right, I got to do something. So I started it by doing Instagram live chats. It wasn't even a podcast, really. It was just like a half hour conversation on Instagram with whoever I can get to hop on with me. And then progressively I got bigger guests and bigger guests. And then by like episode 39, like right before 40, I kind of, I stopped doing the live for a bit because i'm like okay that's a little done let's try and think and reformat it and then i did an audio podcast for like five or six episodes and i'm like this is kind of stupid because i for me as a podcast listener i i also like to watch podcasts like visually kind of like how we're doing this one because it allows people to actually see the expression that a person has and like understand what they're saying and the emotion they're putting behind it and just providing as much context as possible and with audio, you kind of miss that element. And so I started doing the video podcast and that's when it just started going off a bit more. And I, and I can't wait to go back to them, but yeah, I just love having conversations with people and shooting the shit and trying to figure out what, what's going on <laughs> in general. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you, you definitely like, um, I feel like you have like quite a f- lot of episodes and then um, you had your TikTok kind of blow up as well. And oh. then <laughs> I yeah. told you wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> um, and it's then the cringiest you, shit, but I don't get why it does so well. I don't get it. <laughs> That's you know, there's so many sides to the internet, right? Um, and then you got um 
Bill Chot, if I'm saying that right, um, uh, aka Mr. Larry Tate from the Wizards of Waverly yes. Place on your show. How did that happen? All right, it was such a joke because so my I for those who don't know, I kind of started popping off on TikTok a bit because I started using the stitch feature and reacting to a certain piece of content or like inserting my own joke or commenting on what the creator said or whatever it is. And I did a stitch for one of Bill's TikToks okay. reacting to it. And it was something along, I probably referenced Wizards of Waverly Place at some point or another in it. But he responded to that. He commented on the video and I just commented back. I'm like, yo, you want to do a podcast? Cause it'd be totally jokes. And he was like, down, shoot me a DM and we'll talk. Wow. <laughs> and it was just, it just happened like that. And that's, that's the thing with a lot of people, like a lot of people ask like, oh, how do you get certain guests? Or how do you, how do you do these things? I just ask the worst thing anyone can say to you is no. No. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. And I ended up doing the interview and, and Bill was an absolute legend for doing that. And, and but I like, I, to be honest with you, like as much as I loved wizards, I, when I was doing background research on him, I didn't even realize he had like a background role in dude, where's my car? And I freaked oh, wow. the fuck out. And I'm like, dude, listen, in, in the podcast, I even talk about him. Listen, this next section is just for me. But Bill, I need to ask about Dude, Where's My Car? Because that's one of the best, worst movies ever made. And I absolutely for love sure. it to this day. And it still holds up, in my opinion. But no, Bill Bill was an absolute legend. And and him and I have stayed in touch a bit. And he's just, he he's someone that just absolutely loves people and loves just interacting with fans. I'm sure if you guys reach out, he probably do your show too, because Bill's just, Bill's a goat, man. Bill's a goat. super fun. Definitely. And he'll answer any question you have about Disney or any of that stuff, because like I really want to know about what is the behind the scenes on Disney, because Disney is I've such... heard it's the worst, honestly. He, he, well, his experience was positive, but I think it's oh, also it? because okay. he was an adult. And I think it's more restricted around anyone under 18, it because... You yeah. have to you have to steer these kids in the direction that you want them to go. And that's why like people like David Henry, you don't hear a lot about anymore, or Jennifer Stone or whoever else is on right. that show, besides Selena, because Selena broke out of it and used her other For talents sure. to get uh, away with that. But Disney is such a closed ship and it's only getting bigger and scarier. And I, I know I don't want to be on the end of one of those phone calls where Disney's mad at you for saying something or leaking something or doing something because I don't want Mickey Mouse coming to my door and backhanding <laughs> me. Like no, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I was actually um, just watching a video. It was like some of the cast. I don't know if you know the show from That's So Random. Yeah. Uh, oh, So Random. Yeah, like Shane or, Top and Damian Haas. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were saying how, like they didn't even get free parking when they had to go to work. Yeah, of course. Because at the end of the day, it's but it's. I'm not even surprised by that. Because at the end of the day, it's money. It's all about money. And, and I guarantee a huge part of their agreement was don't talk about how much you got paid. And it's probably because yeah. Disney didn't want them exposing how little they paid. Exactly, they were saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking about the t- TV and film, um, I remember when um, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers was dropping their episodes and we had posted a little thing about it because I was like super excited obviously like 90s kids growing up with that and you said I'm so stoked and I just was I wanted to know did you watch this season okay first off let me say this 
the Mighty Ducks movies are some of the most underrated Disney movies sure, from sure. that era. And if you have not watched Emilio Estevez in the Mighty Ducks, you Emilio, are missing yeah. out and you need to get your shit together. But so here's the thing. I watched the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Okay. And, and I think it's because part of me has such a cemented image in my mind of what that show was and i get what it is and i get what they're trying to do with it and they're trying and that's what they're they're, they're bringing back doogie hauser and they're bringing back yeah. turner and hooch with josh peck of right, all people right. and it's which don't, even, love don't kill josh me peck. i actually watched both of them love josh <laughs> peck but it's like for me i i can't get behind some of those shows because sorry there's a fly there i was trying to catch it uh, <laughs> i can't get behind some of these shows because i know a huge part of it is it's a cash grab and it's sure. just trying to get eyes on the platform. I'll give I'll give Turner and Hooch a chance because I like Josh Peck, but you some some things need to be left alone, and and the, it's it's a formula that's crossed across every entertainment medium. It's sequels and spinoffs. Those are what they yeah. want because that's the thing that's going to draw the most eyes because it's in a reference to said popular franchise and. That, that makes me sad because it makes me think Disney isn't investing as much in original content as they should because like a show that I've been absolutely obsessed with, I don't know if either of you have seen it, it's the Marvel show, What If? What if yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. absolutely brilliant because I, I've been a longtime comic fan of like Marvel and DC, but Marvel especially because I've known about the multiverse stuff for so long and the fact that Disney's finally getting marvel into the multiversal shit it's going to be absolutely insane i'm waiting for this new spider-man movie i'm i'm waiting for toby mcguire to be in a trailer he's coming i know he yeah. is toby's on the way and they have honestly that's my like people don't like the original as much as like the new one but like and those people are wrong i i agree with you but like honestly for me like just iconic i understand like it's cringy watching some scenes back and like whatever but like james franco is harry come on oh my god yeah come that cast on. that cast is perfect they had the perfect know. cast i can't wait to see willem dafoe in the new one uh <laughs> yeah. doc ock looked great in the most recent trailer that made me very excited but I, I i just don't like this song and dance disney doing and then they had andrew garfield go on jimmy fallon and like deny it even though like set footage leaked of him being on the set and, and I get it because Disney's paying them a lot of money to not say anything and yada, because they want to make it a big reveal. But at this point, we all know we're getting a real life multiverse Spider-Man movie because the best Spider-Man movie of all time as of now is Spider-Man Into the Multiverse. That is yeah, so the best good. one. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And, and I like and the um, soundtrack the animated one. as well. Yeah, the soundtrack's insane. Yeah. And, but, and now there's also going to be, there's a rumor about... Um, Miles Morales coming into this live action one, which I pray that they do a Miles Morales because Miles Morales is the best Spider-Man. And Spider-Man 3 is the best worst Spider-Man movie of all time. What was that one again? It's the one where he we saw Emo McGuire dancing in the street. Oh, and yeah, okay, I rem- yeah. I went yeah, yeah, yeah. to the theater by myself when it first came out. I went on premiere right. night in Coburg Movie Theater, whatever the theater's name now is. And I sat at the very back on the last seat and I just sat there and screamed laughing at that part where he's walking down the street, like checking out all the women yeah, and doing so that weird came from that. And, and, and it's so beautiful. And I love that they referenced it in the Spider-Verse movie, but 
if Marvel doesn't do something with Toby and emo Toby in this new movie, I'm going to oh be God, very yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, same. Where is he now? I, I haven't even... Is he... Toby McGuire was retired for actually a few years. Okay. He, I he always mix some... him up with Topher Grace. I, I thought they were the same person. <laughs> a lot of people do. A lot of people do. But but because of my love for Toby McGuire, and the thing is, I only love Toby McGuire for the Spider-Man movies and nothing else. <laughs> like, he was okay in, what was it, with Leo? Great Gatsby. Uh, he was okay yeah. in that. Uh, but that... Spider-Man like, well, Spider 2 is just I feel like. peak. Yes, because that's who... Listen, if Kristen Stewart can have a career being monotone, so can Tobey Maguire. There's a double standard. Yep. We didn't I mean, watch I Twilight never... for Kristen Stewart. We did not watch Twilight for Kristen Stewart. I don't care. No, we didn't. No, no, okay, who's Team Edward and who's Team Jacob? We need to establish this now. She's Jacob. I've yeah, don't get me. Don't get me. Don't get me. Don't get me. Don't get uh yeah no i was like i was honestly team jacob from the start like from the start like i always like you know how are you bella how are you loca like that's what, oh what was it was I it, say it that okay. no, time. No, are you there, loca? Like, that's no let me actually. let me ask you this were you team jacob because it was taylor lautner no, it, from it the was books. just Team Jake. Okay, from the book. I read okay. the books. I actually read the books. My I remember my mom getting me um the books when like the we like she saw the trailer. She's like, oh yeah, this is like up and coming, like whatever. She got me the books, and I read them. And then I went to see the movie, and I was just like, oh, it's Lava Boy, haha. <laughs> or <laughs> sorry, Shark Boy. My bad. I <laughs> How did they do a new one without him in? Well, to be honest, they probably couldn't afford it. Oh, it was so bad, though. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I wasn't going to bother ruining that. Yeah, but, no, but <laughs> Bella's team, Edward, ironically, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Colin, <laughs> I, I, my issue with him in that was I know they had him act less than he could have. Because the thing is, I don't know if you've seen Rob Pattinson and anything else, but the dude is a yeah. solid actor. And I am oh, yeah. so excited to see what he does with Batman. He I was a little off at first. Though, yes. He, it was kind of like a Zac Efron movie. He did like the shitty stuff first. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to do some real acting. Yeah. Like, yeah. And think about Zac. Like when I, when he did the Ted Bundy movie, I, everyone had that negative thought like, oh God, you're going to have Troy Bolton be <laughs> Ted Bundy, which yeah. I still call him Troy, Troy Bolton. I don't care what anyone says. No, but sure. he, 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 he actually surprised me. And these guys, they, they got talent, man. They got, they got potential. And I, and I hope that the reviews are as positive as they are already for some of the people who've seen some early footage and Pattinson apparently does a very dark Batman, which I think that's what the franchise needs. And I noticed that all the, all the major, especially comic book stuff, it's about to get really dark. And I don't think people realize that because like Doctor Strange 2 is going to be so yeah. dark that I think a lot of people are going to turn off from the franchise. Yeah, it's like a completely different from the first one. But that's what it needs. And that's what everyone needs. It's we need to explore the labyrinth that is the cinematic universes. And the fact that we're finally getting multiverse after 20 plus movies and like 12 to 13 plus years of content and we're finally getting into the multiversal stuff like people are gonna not be ready for what's to come especially with the stuff that mo i feel like the new spider-man movie is going to reveal no but, I but that's what, so. back to what if for a sec that's why what if is so good because 
it's Disney slowly introducing the multiversal concepts to people so they're not totally lost when those movies come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting back, I just wanted to know, because you would, you were like, oh, is Zach Efron's always going to be Troy Bolton? But him as Ted Bundy, like, I was, like, it was scary. Like, with the, the, um, the prosthetic teeth, too, I was like, he's really, like, he really came into the role. And, and, and that's what and that's what actors need to do the issue with especially like a lot of the new actors and a lot of these new influencer kids coming up and all that kind of stuff it's it they're focusing too much on the commercialization aspect of it and trying to make money and, all, and don't get me wrong get your bag I, I respect people to hustle and get your money mm-hmm. but like for creators like my stuff specifically there's a common theme with everything I do. And the common theme is I'm doing this because I want to, <laughs> and, right. and I, cause I want to be happy with the stuff I create. And, and I implore this to all creators of any sort, make sure you're happy with it. And it's something that you believe in, like as much as focusing on making money and all that is wonderful. You really need to make sure that you're doing it because you want to, because any sort of art, has an impact on people and you need to think about how that is impact people like because i know for the solo record i put out a lot of people came to me and said i needed this because it came because it's just allowing people to sit there for three songs worth and just think about different aspects of their life and that's what people need to do we need that self-reflection we need that retrospective aspect of our lives because that's how we grow that's how we develop that's how we learn and move forward and and that's what the beautiful thing about art is it's a free open medium to play around and do what you want to do definitely um and you had mentioned that some people are saying your um music was like too raw and like too morose maybe but like i don't know it it suits you like it's really no no it's raw and dark but it suits you no it's honestly like it's uh just authentic you know and like you're i'm assuming you wrote your all the um music as well or co-wrote yeah i I wrote everything myself nice going back into your podcast you've interviewed a lot of people what have been some of your favorite interviews or like chats with people um uh shout out first off i'm gonna shout out my buddy tj hotter he hosts the hotter show podcast tj is just a great guy to have a conversation with we can talk about anything and laugh about anything in terms of conversations that made a significant impact on me uh honestly i the one of the more recent ones was i interviewed uh warner signed country artist david boyd james i saw that yeah david is before the interview we just i told him like listen let's just it, this is just a conversation let's just go with the flow talk about whatever you want say whatever you want and the honesty he gave and the authenticity he gave that was easily in my top three and then mo- my most recent one was spenny from kenny versus spenny like he spencer is one of the most misunderstood canadian comedians who's ever lived and i think that interview I we did together really showcases who he is as a creator and an artist because he he 
understood what the show did for his career and he knows he wouldn't be anywhere without it but at the same time it's limited what he can and can't do because people view him in that one lane and what he's trying to do now is, is expand and i just appreciate conversations with people that aren't afraid to say what they're actually feeling and just say things with this is what i'm feeling in this moment this is why i view it this way it's for anyone that comes on my show and i and this is just putting it out there in general i i want the conversations to be as authentic and real as possible and and, and the issue is a lot of people can't do that because they have limitations whether it be contractually with uh whatever company they work with or label or agency or whatever it is or they just don't want to expose too much themselves they want to keep a certain image that's fine but the conversations that happen on my podcast are as real as it gets. Nothing is scripted. Nothing is planned. It's really just we hop on and we just have a conversation. And just because I don't like when people ask me to pre-send questions or like, oh, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, we're going to talk about whatever the fuck we feel like talking about that day. <laughs> yeah. And right. it's just easy. It's also just easier for me because I'm lazy. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, with this sign, unsigned artists and like indie stuff, uh, we just want to give a quick, sh- like I just, I feel like both of us, but want to give a quick shout out to our amazing friend, Fernie, who is an unsigned artist, but he's playing Oshiaga this Saturday. Yes. Um, a huge accomplishment <laughs> because we went to that, this, like we went to Oshiaga a couple years back and, and we're like, yeah, you're, you're going to be playing here one day and it's pretty surreal. So listen, anything is possible. That's what people need to understand. Amen. The sky is the limit on what mm-hmm. you can and can't do. And the worst thing anyone can say to you is no. So shoot for the stars and hopefully you don't for sure. fall on your ass. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you can if you can dream it, you can do it. For sure. Um Rocky Horror. Don't dream it. Be it. Be it. Yeah, no, one of my favorites. I mean, I sing that stuff all, all year long. It's like kind of weird like same I, I have it on like my shuffle on my like spotify and i'll just be like it's rocky horror it's like yeah it's july i don't care <laughs> listen a good song is a good song yeah, exactly no definitely but uh yeah we want to say thank you so much um for your time and for coming on and we oh, will thank you for having me no worries we will talk to you soon um, have a great weekend yes thanks yeah. everybody for watching Peace. <laughs>